Hey guys, it's your girl Booney, and you're listening to episode 35 of the Booney Breakdown Podcast. The podcast where we sometimes cry, we always laugh, we might get a bit ratchet, but we're forever going to break it down. This week, we have a few guests on the podcast because I am doing a listener question follow-up episode. So we will have uh, responses from author Joy Marie McKenzie, who was on episode eight. We will have Larissa of the Lotus and Vines, who was on episode 18. Eric, who was on a recent episode, uh, episode 31. And the BFF, the homie Kenny, who's been on a few episodes now. And there were a few questions who were directly aimed at um, at me for a few of the episodes. So I do want to take this moment right now to apologize to a few of you because there was a technical difficulty and I did not realize that the contact form on my website in my Google Drive had two spreadsheets. And so I was only working off of one. And there were a few questions on this second spreadsheet that I have ignored. So again, my apologies to any of you who submitted a question that way or sent me an email at this point now. I've responded to your email (laughs) and your inquiry. And if you have not, you probably are going to hear your question on this episode. So again, I thank you guys. As always, you can send in your questions, comments, concerns, gripes, whatever you want me to know to thebooniebreakdown at gmail.com. Or you can use the booniebreakdown.com, the contact form on the website. And I promise from here on out, I will respond to all of them on there. So again, apologies, guys. Apologies. All right. So let's get into Booney's pick of the week. You know, I know what holiday is this week and I could fucking care less. So Booney's pick of the week are the people like myself who have bypassed this holiday and are ready for Christmas. I am so ready. Christmas is my favorite holiday. You know, Thanksgiving is cool, but Christmas is the star of the holiday season and it's fucking dope. So I did a fun, lazy Saturday afternoon activity uh, with one of my line sisters and we started making our holiday wreaths for Christmas And so we went to this craft store and got our hot glue gun and we made the prettiest wreaths ever. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw in my Insta snaps, um, the videos, I did a few shots of us making them. So this week I will post up our wreaths, our finished products, but I didn't want to be that person that kind of jumped the gun officially. But yeah, I don't fucking do Halloween. You know, I tried it a few times as an adult. We never really did it as, um, as, as, as a child. I never really did it. Um, I went to a Christian elementary school and so we celebrated the harvest. So I don't have this connection to Halloween that most people do, but I don't knock anyone who tries it. Also, it, kids in my neighborhood know, don't knock on my goddamn door. Cause I'm not giving you candy. It's just, just not in my realm of holidays. So Once we get to November 1st, I am full-fledged ready. Um, I was trying to do some Christmas shopping early like I try to do every year, and I'm never successful. But I will start in November because I'm not waiting to the weekend before Christmas like I normally do. (laughs) But I love this season. This is like the best time of the year, and especially with the holidays off from work. Yeah, so this is Booney Pick of the Week. Holiday season is upon us. So that's it. All right, let's get into some housekeeping stuff. Uh, Just so you guys know, and I can fill you in, there are only eight episodes left in this season. 
I know. It, it went so fast, I feel like. But eight episodes are left. Uh, that'll take us through the end of 2017. Can you believe it's almost over? But uh, yeah. So if you have any ideas or people you would like me to interact with in season three, um, it'll come back in 2018 in January. Shoot me an email. Send me a tweet, a Facebook message, whatever, uh, to let me know. And I'll reach out to to them and try to have them on the show. Another thing that's really cool that I finally got working is you can now go to thebooniebreakdown.com and send a voicemail. How cool. How cool. So any page on the site, it is a small tab that you will see on the side of the page that says send voicemail. You can even do this from your mobile device. You can send me anonymous voicemails. 90 seconds shoot your question, your voice might appear on the Booney Breakdown. So check that out. I know I had promised that a while ago, but, you know, it's only me doing all of this. So it's finally checked off my to-do list. So I can't wait to hear your beautiful voices. So again, just head to the website, booneybreakdown.com. On any page on the side, you will see a send to voicemail button and just click it. And that's all you have to do. Also... I am trying my best with my droid family Um, because I personally don't know anyone in my tight circle who has a droid who I can readily like ask. I do try to text people that I know who have them because those fucking green text bubbles and I'll ask them to text test things out for me. But some of them don't even listen to podcasts. They don't know what they're doing. So I'm asking all of you who are droid listeners If you can let me know and you can tweet me, email me, whatever, and let me know what's your favorite podcast app. I know I am very spoiled and lazy with the iPhone that I just use the purple app. So I'm trying to use another app just to see what the experience is like for you guys. So let me know. Tell me which direction I should head in. And even if you have an iPhone and you don't use the purple app, let me know what uh, podcast app you use to listen to all your podcasts. And lastly, the appeal for reviews. You guys know what to do. Facebook, you can leave a review in any of the podcasting apps you listen to. And on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whichever you call it, even though it's called Apple Podcasts. You can go in there, hit the five-star rating, and write your girl a bomb-ass review. Love you for it. That's it for the housekeeping this week, so let's get ready to break it down. Okay, guys, so for this episode, I reached into the inboxes, the contact forms, and I saw that there were about seven or eight really good quality questions from our listeners who I thought other listeners might have had these same questions but just did not reach out or didn't ask them. And um, for the ones that I could respond to via email, I just went ahead. But the ones that you'll hear on this podcast, I thought that it would be best to hear uh, it and to share it with the entire Boonie Breakdown audience versus just directly to uh, the listener who asked the question. And so, as I said in the intro, some of these questions I had to go back to previous uh, podcast guests 
and they have provided answers uh, for questions directly related to them. And then there were a few that were directly related to uh, me. So that is this episode, and we're going to do them in chronological order. And that means in the order in which the podcast episode air. So we'll start with old questions first, which I hope some of our newer listeners um, have gone back and listened to these episodes. And if not, maybe the answers and discussion you hear on this episode will encourage you to go back and listen to some of the episodes mentioned here. Um, and I thought it was interesting that a few of these episodes uh, where I got a lot of these questions from were some of my more most listened to episodes. So it lets me know that that content was engaging and you guys all connected there. So for the first question, uh, it was for a previous guest from episode eight, the engagement game. And that was for author Joy Marie McQuincy. And so I'm going to read the question and then we'll have her response. So the question came from Sierra and it said, I just finished reading the engagement game and I want to thank Booney for having you on. Probably wouldn't have otherwise known about your book if it wasn't for her. It was an enjoyable and super relatable read. The part that I really wish more people would be open about is how often we change ourselves to fit the person who we are with. And can you elaborate what actions you took besides prayer to get over depression and accept that this person you spent five years with was not the one for you? I too was there after being in a seven year relationship and having to choose me. And it was very hard. So thank you for your response. I enjoyed the book. First, I just want to say thank you so much, Adrian, for bringing me on the Booney Breakdown to talk about my memoir the engagement game. And thank you who to whoever wrote in because she didn't tell me, she didn't give me your name. Um, so I'm gonna just call you girl. <laughs> but thank you girl for, for reading my book and investing in me. You know, I never even dreamed that anyone besides my mama and my sister would read my work. And so thank you so much for for purchasing. You know, you took your, your time and your money to, to grab my memoir and that means a lot to me. But I do want to answer your question. And it seems like you have two questions, right? Like your first question was, how did you get over being depressed after your breakup? Um, And what did you do aside from prayer? Um, And thank you so much for asking this question, because this is one part of my story where people get get it wrong. I've, I've read so many comments online that say, oh, it's just another girl telling me to pray it away. And it's like, no, I I in the book, if you read it very carefully, Um, There are some other things that I did to get over my depression. Number one, if you are having depressive thoughts, please go seek help. You know, for me, uh, my mom has been a pastor and a pastoral counselor for three decades. And so I was able to lean on her and she's a certified life coach. But if you don't have people like that in your immediate community that you can really lean on, please go seek professional help. Um, It seems like that should be your first step. Um, And it doesn't always have to be like a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Um, The one thing that I do love about life coaching is that they don't prescribe you anything. I don't like to be over-medicated. But life coaching teaches you that you have all of, you have everything that you need to fix your situation, whatever it may be. You already have the answers. And so a lot of the answers and the frustrations that I had, I had to turn every situation around 
and see how I was contributing to it and see what I could do to make it better. Um, and so I would consider life coaching or just getting any sort of professional help. Also, I, I want to recommend a book that I read called The Voice of Knowledge by Don Miguel Ruiz. And Ruiz is spelled R-U-I-Z. It's actually a book that Charlemagne the God uh, spoke about on The Breakfast Club. <laughs> and so you'll be surprised um, where you find inspiration. God is sending it everywhere. And he spoke about that book. And what that book talk, taught me was that we all have an internal voice. Um, that can be used for good and that can be used for bad. And so I, I spoke about uh, the voice that I noticed in my own body, in my own spirit, in my memoir. But Don Miguel really highlighted how the voice can be so critical, how your own internal thoughts can be so rude to you. And it's up to us to be able to put a harness on those negative thoughts um, and replace them with positive ones. Um, and I began to make that a practice every time that I would be like, you ain't good enough. I'd be like, nope, nope, nope. That's another negative thought. Let me put a, let me put that in a, in a chokehold. And I'm going to say, I'm beautiful. I'm worth it. I am good enough. Or every time I said, I don't deserve a good man. Look, look what I did to my last relationship. I keep messing up. I put a harness over that negative thought and be like, nah, I didn't get it right, but I know I can get it right the next time. I know I'm capable of love. I know I'm capable of loving someone else. And and it just, I love that book. So please pick it up. And also I, I have this obsession now with pleasure because anyone who's been depressed knows that it's very hard to make yourself smile some days, right? And so I made it a point that every day I would do three things that gave me pleasure, that I wouldn't deny myself pleasure, that I would overload on it. And perhaps I wouldn't even have to think about putting a smile on my face, that one day I could just wake up and do it. And I made it a point during the hard times, three things a day I would do. And so whether that's taking a long walk or getting that bag of cotton candy or ordering that expensive glass of Chardonnay, I'm going to do it because you know what? I like to do it, you know? And so I went to church more and I know everyone's not a Christian. I get it, but you'll be surprised. It's, it's not just about prayer, but fellowshipping with people who all believe that things can get better, being around people who believe that you'll be surprised about what that can do to your spirit. Um, I met up with friends. So on that same accord, I drank a lot. I sat in the sun. I shopped. I played with my niece. I played with my dog. I didn't deny myself any sort of pleasure um, because I had to remind myself that I deserved it. I deserved to be happy. Um, and I no longer wanted to wait on someone else to make me happy, to give myself pleasure. I wrote, I sang, sang loudly and off key. I danced. I twerked in my bedroom, you know, anything to put a smile on your face, do that because you are worth it and you deserve that. And I know I'm taking a long time, so let me wrap this up and because I want to turn this back to Booney. But your second question was, how did you know after five years that this guy was not the guy for you? Um, and I'm going to make it quick because I can't believe I've been talking for almost six minutes. So simply, I, simply two things. Number one, I took a temperature of how I felt around him, metaphysically. I think so often we forget that we have a sixth sense and it, it, 
it doesn't only work in situations, right? Like you've been, you've gone to a club and you've walked in and said, "Mm -mm, something don't feel right. Mm -mm, Something's off. Or you've gone into somebody's apartment and you'd be like, "Mm -mm, something's off here. And you, and you leave, right? Cause something didn't feel right. And so take a temperature of how you feel when you're around your romantic partner. Is your spirit agitated? Do you start to tense up? Do you get anxious? Do you have to have a drink before you have a conversation with them? Because it's going to be an emotional experience. Take a temperature. And if you feel more agitated than at peace, then that might not be the the right person for you. And the, the last thing I did was I asked God for a sign because I loved him so much. I didn't even care if I wasn't at peace. I would take that, right? Because I loved him. But I asked God for a sign. I said, yo, should I be with him or not? God sent me a sign. And even after I got the sign, and I write about this in the book, I still had hope that maybe he was the one. He came over with gifts, showering me with gifts. I'm like, oh my God, this, he, he's so thoughtful. He's the one. And then what happens? Condom gate. And if y'all know what I'm talking about, pick up the engagement game. It's hilarious. Okay. Um, but condom gate happens. And God was like, yo, I'm going to F your ish up. I'm sure God didn't curse at me, but <laughs> God was like, yo, I'm going to, you know, yerk you up and mess up your whole situation. If you don't just follow directions, you ask for a sign. I gave you a sign. Why are you still thinking it's going to work out? And so be obedient to what the universe has for you. And you just got to trust. And just because God gives you a sign or just because God shows you he's not the one doesn't mean it's going to be easy to still walk away. It's not. It's not going to be easy. But you've got to want more for yourself and you've got to bet on yourself. And when you do that, you won't ever fail yourself. And so I wish you the best of luck, my sister. Um, and hit me up if you have any other if you want any more questions. My email is my entire name, Joy Marie McKenzie. That's J-O-I Marie McKenzie at gmail.com. Hit me up. Um, anybody who has questions and please go buy my memoir, The Engagement Game. It's available right now wherever books are sold. Thanks. Thanks, Joy, for your perfect response to Sierra's question. And yes, uh, I can't believe that she gave you guys her email address. So yeah, email her all the time and be sure to pick up a copy of her book, The Engagement Game, where she said wherever books are sold. And, you know, Sierra, since you've already done it, you should go on Amazon and leave a review <laughs> and help Joy out. But can I also just say that I love that Joy's God like curses at her. Like that's I think that's how God speaks to me too. like, bitch, get your shit together. <laughs> I like cracked up like oh my god joy's god is cursing at her and she talks to god like yo show me a sign so again her book was super relatable if you have not picked a copy uh up you should go do so as she instructed you so the next question well it's not particularly one question and this question is for me and it's based off of episode 11 finding my roots And that was a solo episode that I did uh, talking about my 23andMe discoveries and journey and process. And I had quite a few questions um, that asked me why was I uh, or why did I necessarily feel some kind of way about the breakdown of my ethnicity? And uh, if you guys need a refresher... 
um, it came back from my 23andMe that I was about 25% still uh, European. And I said that I felt some kind of way because I was hoping that my results will come back like 92% uh, African and, you know, the rest would just be the, what it was. And so to see that startalization for me again, um, I thought I had said it in that episode, but maybe I didn't express my thoughts as clearly as I had hoped. But for me, it was the issue that it highlighted that someone in my family was 100% white. And so in America, you know that that means... Um, with our history of slavery, it just made me think about the pain potentially that one of my ancestors could have faced uh, being raped by a slave master or whatever. And I that is really why I felt some kind of way about it. Because it's one thing to read these things in a history book, but then to kind of get this concrete uh, proof <laughs> that um, this happened to someone in your family, that made me feel some kind of way. And when you do the 23andMe, they give you an ancestry timeline. And um, it shows you where in and how many generations your most recent ancestor was from that population. So for example, since I was like 65% West African, it says that I most likely had a great grandparent, second great grandparent or third great grandparent who was a hundred percent West African. And that person was likely born between 1830 and 1890. So it breaks it down there. So for me, it also said for British and Irish, um, I most likely have a second great-grandparent or third great-grandparent who was 100% British or uh, and Irish, and they were most likely born between 1770 and 1860. So that kind of framed work, um, those time frames do fall within the slavery period within this country. And to drill that home more, um, I shared with you all that I did choose to do the DNA relative um, sharing, and it can connect you with relatives who share the same DNA. And so with this, you know, we're all essentially all cousins. I was connected to about 1,100 people who were somehow, we share some capacity or some piece of DNA. And I was not interested in reaching out to these people. It'll be like they're a third to distant cousin, a fourth cousin, blah, 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 like whatever. Like I'm not interested in messaging you at all. And then one day I get a ping like it was three people in particular, especially one woman. We share a significant amount of DNA and she's a second cousin. And so when I look at her, um, categories as I said in the previous episode she's kind of the inverse of me where she is um mostly European and a significant amount of sub-Saharan African DNA and so we've been messaging since that episode and we've pretty much confirmed that we share the same great-great-grandfather 
So that has been confirmed. And the reason we know this is because her great-grandmother that she knows is the daughter of my great-great-grandfather, which is our shared relative. And um, she also confirmed with me that two of the other people that I were pinged with uh, should be relative matches as well because they're in that lineage that we spoke of as well. And so they're like another branch where it might be their great-great-uncle or great-great or my great-great-uncle or great-great-aunt or great-aunt, whatever, is their their parent. And so, again, this just drives home <laughs> somewhere, because these women are white. Um, I'm looking at their picture. They look like white women, and I am black. And so it just speaks to the history of this country even more. And so I'm still uh, communicating with them, but this is just like really in this past week that we've confirmed with names um, where the connection is. And, you know, I think now I'm going to sit down and start this family tree and see where there is overlap. So this is interesting. I hope this answers it for you, but that is why I felt some kind of way is because you know, here it is in in the science that proves, you know, our country's history is my family's history. And so that is why I felt some kind of way. So thank you guys for all who sent in questions for that episode. So next up was episode 18. And I received a few questions for Larissa, who was on from the Lotus and the Vines. And so this question the person did not submit a name so the question is i learned so much from episode 18 i'll drink to that larissa was a wealth of knowledge and i adore her saying wine is your passport to the world so true i was wondering with the holidays approaching could you recommend one or two good wine clubs that would make great gifts after listening to the episode i felt more comfortable trying more than just sweet wines like moscato so thanks again for the information Hey everybody, this is Larissa with The Lotus and the Vines. I had an amazing time with the Boonie Breakdown and I was thrilled to get an email that there was a question from one of the listeners. So the question that I received was, what wine clubs would I recommend as a gift for the holiday season? And I think it's a great one because it's very apropos as we are going into the holiday season. I can give you my personal experience with the couple wine clubs that I'm a part of and how I found them and how you might be able to find something that'll work for your friend or family member or loved one. And I'll also give you one that I'll recommend from some research that I did on good old Google. And this particular wine club has some great reviews. So first and foremost, I'm a member of a few. I'm a member of the wine club that's at my local wine shop in the neighborhood. And I'm also a member of two particular wine clubs where I get a periodic delivery. So one of them is called Fat Cork. This is a wine club that I stumbled upon. It focuses on grower champagnes and I am a bubbly lover. So the thing about grower champagnes, which is really cool, is that They are obviously champagnes that are coming from the champagne region, but grower champagnes are coming from smaller houses, local growers, and because of that, you're getting this really cool authentic expression of champagne, but it's also going to be much more cost effective. So this particular wine club, 
I've received one delivery so far and I'm in love with it and I want to keep it going. But you can pretty much choose the frequency, um, how many bottles you want to get. And if you wanted to gift someone, you could easily go to the website and just get a gift card and they could start their own membership and go from there. Another wine club that I'm a part of is actually one that I... Um, personally um, love this particular wine. So if you're looking to gift someone a wine club membership or at least a month or two, you can just do a little bit of research with your friend. If you know that they love a particular winery, go to that website, see if they have a wine club, and then in turn, go ahead and either get them a gift card or set them up to get a month or two worth of deliveries. Another thing that you can try to do is if you know, you know, exactly where your friend, loved one is, maybe you are living in the town or you're out of town. If you're out of town, do a little bit of Google research and find a local wine shop that they can, you know, become a member of a gift of a wine club with. And you can get them a gift card there, too, to get them started. And lastly, the wine club that I found online that has received great reviews is called Wink, W-I-N-C. Um, it used to be called Club W, but I've heard wonderful things about this particular wine club in regard to the reviews that I saw. And this is one where you can literally cater your taste profile and they will choose wines that they think would you know work best with your taste profile. Or you can peruse and choose your own. But this is a situation where if, again, you wanted to gift it to someone, you just needed to go online, get them a gift card and get them started that way. So those are my tips as far as how to give the gift that keeps on giving, which is wine. <laughs> and if you want to learn more about wine, you can follow me on Instagram at Lotus Vine Wine or on Facebook. You can find me at The Lotus and the Vines. And you can always go to the website and see any blog posts and the latest and the greatest news that's going on with what we have going on with The Lotus and the Vines at www.thelotusandthevines.com. Wishing you all a wonderful, wonderful season. Cheers and have a great one. Yes, Larissa better plug all her stuff. <laughs> no, but thanks again, Larissa, for sending in your response. And that is a really, really good gift idea. So um, wine clubs, wouldn't have thought of that. But if for someone who really loves to partake and take a little sip of something, what a great gift. So this next question, y'all be getting really, really, really super personal. But so, you know, I appreciate it. So the question was not for me. And the question was for Kenny. And Kenny has been on um, the most recent episode, episode 34. He was also on episode 17. And he was on episode 31 with Eric Black. Um, and so a lot of people, well, not a lot, but it was like two or three people who thought it was interesting still, and I always laugh at this, that Kenny and I are best friends, but Kenny is married and I am super single. And so these three questions all beat around the bush, but essentially what they were asking, and the, qu the question was directly towards Kenny, and it was like, what kind of mate or who is the person that you see Adrian finally settling down with and kenny and i have talked about this before but i kind of want to hear what he tells you guys all right i personally think adrian should date a pastor no i'm just kidding that would never work i think you are going to need someone that is older um, someone that has had a decent amount of life experience 
plus somebody that's going to be willing to travel as much as you are. I'm not sure that it's going to be someone that is interested in having a child, but I think it's going to be somebody that is going to be willing to have all the other life experiences with you that will make you feel fulfilled. Um, So I'm thinking they might be about 42. You might be about 35 when you get in a relationship. So it might be a five to seven year difference when you actually meet this person. And I think it's going to be somebody that is ready for a relationship and it's going to happen quickly. That's funny, but it's not anything that he has not told me to my face. Um, dang, so 35, that's like two more years, really? And what's so funny about that is um, when he says it, it was like, yeah, I'm nodding. Like, yeah, I, I could kind of see it. I agree with that. I'm not pressed on kids, so that is not a... um. A, a big requirement for me. So, yeah, but the thing that I, I thought was interesting the most that he's never said is that it will happen very quickly. So, I'm going to put this out there. So, if it's some six month shit and I turn around, I better not hear your mouth, Kenny. <laughs> so, yeah, I hope that answers the few people who wanted to know what Kenny thought about that. Oh, and before I move on, I do want to answer this because it came up too about the kids thing. And um, again, it's not something that's on a list for me. Like, I don't feel this overwhelming need to be a mother. Um, for me, it will probably totally, and I've said this on episodes, I think probably with Chrissy and Sheikah the most, is that I, um, my need to probably be a mother or have a kid would probably solely be determined on who I end up with. And he would have to be so fucking amazing. I'd be like, you know what? I want to have that man's baby. So (laughs) until that happens, I am in no rush to be a mother. So, yeah, let me just go ahead and answer that question now. You guys don't need to send in any more questions. I think I've said this enough on the Boonie Breakdown, but we're just going to. That is my, my final answer on that subject. But thank you to Kenny for sending in his response. All right, guys, so next questions came from episode 22, which was the Let It Go episode, which was pretty much the uh, hour where I cried on the microphone. (laughs) Uh, Recorded my breakdown. No, um, it it, it was a very therapeutic episode for me, and I just expressed how I was dealing with a lot um, at the present moment, and um, I had to do something about it. So. Yeah. And I got a lot of um, comments about how people appreciated me sharing my vulnerability and everything that transpired and what caused me to get to this place. Um, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you all received the episode well. I was really nervous about how that was going to work because that was not the episode I had planned. And I just really grabbed my my microphone and instead of writing a entry in my journal I recorded it and released it for all of you guys to hear and um I will say since then 
things have gotten a lot better. And it was a lot of questions asking, you know, how am I feeling? I haven't really responded about it since I did that episode and that was it. And, um, you know, it's so cliche when people say insanity is, you know, doing the same thing and expecting different results. And I think from the signs and the situations that I was put into um, that led up to me doing and recording episode 22, um, I kind of been ignoring them and I had reached the point where I just could not ignore them anymore. And I will say since that time, I've done things um, to hopefully change my situation and things have gotten better for sure, for sure, for sure. They're not where I want them to be yet. And some of that is out of my control, but I'm doing everything that I can do to influence my space and how I want to live my life. And so while some things, you know, you got to let it either crumble and rebuild. Um, I felt like I was in the space where, you know, the Jenga tower, the top fell off, but I still have the foundation there. And, um, slowly building it back up. And so, yes, I'm not at the space where I feel completely overwhelmed. Um, So that's a good feeling. And I'm happy that I released it, that I talked about it. I've taken actions against that. And I will speak out. I did get one kind of snarky email um, asking, you know, I did that episode, but I didn't really share what was going on. And I'll say that to say like, I shared enough in that 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 episode and I'm always as real as I can be with you guys but I do feel like there is a fine line of oversharing and protecting things that are important to me and for some of the things that I'm going through they're just not my story okay and so to protect those who I love and who I, <laughs> who are family, who are friends, who I know in real life, it may not be uh, my place to share every single little detail um, with you guys. But I do try to share a lot. And it's just some things I feel more comfortable sharing with than others. And that's just like with you too, I'm sure. So um yeah, that's that. And I don't feel like I owe you an explanation as to the details of what caused that. But I do hope you realize that it was real. It was not manufactured. And um, that's that. So, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you want to respond back, you can feel free to send another email and we can take it from there. But in case someone else was wondering why I didn't, um, it never even crossed my mind to share that, but some of you might have felt slighted that I didn't. So apologies, but again, some things you just aren't going to get. So hope you can live with that. <laughs> so our final two questions, um, they both went to the same guest from episode 31, Eric Black, who we had on and, uh, you know, his saying, turn this up. Uh, I sent him the questions and he definitely sent in a detailed response. And I'm going to hold my commentary until after we listen to his response. 
But the question was uh, from Dave. Eric on episode 31 had some really interesting takes on music. And I loved his site. So thanks for sharing. Booney, you were right. The playlist that he makes based off of the Jet magazine were dope. I have two questions for Eric. One, what are your top three Rick James songs? Produced by him or sung by him? And number two, have you listened to Rihanna's Anti yet? And what are your thoughts on it? You know Booney is in the Navy, so I can't wait to hear what you think. Hey, guys. This is EB. Uh, heard you guys had a couple questions from the last show I did with Booney, so I'm here to answer those. Uh, the first question was, what are my top three Rick James songs produced by him or sung by him? I'm difficult. I'm not going to give you three. <laughs> I'm going to give you five uh, Rick James songs actually sung by him. And then I'll give you five songs that he has produced for other people. So the five I would say are the best by him are You and I. Uh, that song was sort of his fuck you to disco. You know, the disco was really big and Motown is pressuring him to release his album and everybody wants him to go the disco route. But Rick's a funk guy. He's always been funk. So the intro to that song specifically, the like that was, you know, Oh, you think it's going to be a disco thing, but Rick's like, nah, nigga, fuck you, funk you. Like, it's one of my favorite things. Um, He has a song called Spacey Love, which he actually wrote and sang as a ballad. I love his ballads. He wrote and sang that for LaBelle. It was a love song to the group LaBelle. Uh, Patti LaBelle, Nona Hendrix, Sarah Dash. One of my favorite songs. Another ballad he has is called Don't Give Up On Love. The background vocals on that song, uh, amazing. The background vocals are uh, from this group of siblings called The Waters. Like, you've heard them. You you may not know th- them by name, but you've definitely heard them. They were all over the Lion King soundtrack. They've sang background for everybody all the time. If you haven't had a chance, check out the documentary uh, Six Six Feet from Stardom. There's definitely a lot about the waters on there. Um, I'm going to say Moonchild is another one of my favorites. Uh, Not only is it just like a great song, but that's the song that Mary J sampled for Love Is All We Need. And the last song by Rick James. I'm going to go with Mary Jane. Uh, It's kind of a cliche. You know, everybody's like, oh, this is his biggest song, but... In about or around about two minutes and 15 seconds of that song, they go to this instrumental bridge break. And it reminds me so much of um, the Ohio players. uh, Heaven must be like this, which is one of my favorite songs of all time. But that the bridge in that song is why Mary Jane is on that list is absolutely beautiful. So for songs that he's produced for other people, uh, the Mary Jane Girls, Candyman, you know, everybody loves Mary Jane Girls. Um, and just to tie that back a little bit to uh, one of the aforementioned songs, um, the Mary Jane Girls weren't actually a real group. Um, 
the Mary Jane girls, they had a lead vocalist, but then all of the background tracks were done by the waters who I mentioned earlier, who did the background vocals on, um, don't give up on love for Rick James, but the waters, there were uh, Julia and Maxine waters, two sisters, um, who did all of the background vocals for everything, Mary Jane girls. And we didn't, we didn't see them though. Of course we saw the Mary Jane girls, but they weren't actually singing. They were, you know, just lipping the whole thing. It was like one of those, Diana Ross in the Supreme moments when Diana Ross was really the only one singing and everything else was a uh, studio and session vocalist. So, uh, number two song would be Deja Vu by Tina Marie, which again, Julia and Maxine Waters <laughs> are all over the background. So that song is like one of the most beautiful songs It's definitely, I think Tina Marie's best song. Um, the temptation standing on the top, and that's like a classic because, you know, you had all of the temptations. You had Melvin Franklin, Eddie Kendricks, David Ruffin, Dennis Edwards, Richard Street and Glenn Leonard all on the song. It was their reunion. I, th- I think the album was called Reunion, as a matter of fact, but it was like the Temptations reunion, you know, when everybody had broken up and you know, trying to come back together. But, um, yeah, standing on the top. Then I'm going to say a song he did for Mariah Carey on the Glitter soundtrack called All My Life. Mariah actually called Rick James personally and asked him to do this song, asked him to write this and record, you know, write this for her, produce it for her. And he did um, because she wanted that 80s feeling. Who better than Rick James? So the last song, I'm cheating here a little bit. The last song is um, Val Young, Sweetest Thing. Um produced by Rick James, but I think the most popular Rick James or the most popular Val Young song would be If You Should Ever Feel Lonely. If you should ever be lonely. Everybody, I think, I'm pretty sure everybody knows that one. But um, that's like an honorable mention because he didn't produce that exact song, but he executive produced that album. Val was one of Rick's proteges. So those were, uh, I just gave y'all 10 Actually, I gave y'all 11 because I cheated a little bit, but 11 songs, Rick James songs that you definitely need to go and check out. And uh, the next question was, have I <laughs> have I listened to Rihanna's Anti yet? Is it Anti or Anti? I, I don't know. And what are my thoughts on it? Hmm. I actually just listened because I I wanted to give you like a fresh take on you know how I felt about the album um I don't think it's a bad album at all I actually think it's really good I don't relate as much because I'm not I I think with with any artist I think to relate to them trying to figure out how to word it that you have to be a product of the times to relate to certain artists and I think that in Rihanna's case for me to relate to that, I would have to be a product of the times. And since I'm not, I don't necessarily rate, relate to everything, especially production-wise. I'm kind of, eh. But I'll say it's a great album. Um, I do have some favorites on there, actually, already. just started it. The first song, um, Consideration, I like that song. I'm not really big on SZA. Uh, is that how you say her name? S-Z-A, I think it's SZA. 
I'm not I, I'm not even well versed in her, so I you know I can't give you an honest answer, but I really like that song. Um is a song called James Joint on there. That song should be a lot longer than it is. I listened to it on repeat a couple times. That's a really, really nice song, especially for Rihanna. Not, you know, I'm not doing trying to put y'all girl down, but that's a really nice song. Um, hmm. This is a song called Same Old Mistakes. I like that a lot. That's that's like a nice, chill vibe type song. It reminds me of a song that Kelly Rowland has called Red Wine. It's kind of like one of those like laid back, relaxing type joints and it just it just grooves the whole way through um my favorite on the album should probably it's probably higher it's i i love like i heard higher and i fell in love with it instantly like to the point to where like you know when i when i hear music and i feel it like you know i put on the stank face i had the stank face on and i'm listening um her voice on that one is amazing. If you know anything about me, you know the type of vocalist I like. They are all like raw and 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 you know piercing and risk takers. You know people like um, what Mary Clayton did on the Rolling Stones song "Give Me Shelter." Rape, murder, yeah, yeah. It's just a shout away. It's just a shout away. Like when you can hear the cracking in your voice and you pushing it to the limits, you know, like what Aretha used to do, you know, just raw soul. Like, why well, I love Mary. What Mary does is just like, I'm going to give it to you. Everything doesn't have to be pretty. Each note doesn't have to be polished. But that's part of the magic is you can feel that it's conveyed through the music. Like what Shaka did with Roof is, you know, people like Mickey Howard, like when they sing, it's just like, we're going to go for it. I don't I'm not big on the polished singers. But the Rihanna album is really, really good. I definitely would say Rihanna is a mix, well, a modern day mix of TLC, Mary J. Blige, and Janet Jackson. And I'll explain why I say that. Um, from TLC, you 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 know you get the the feeling that she's just young and carefree and she wants to live her life you know minus pebbles and you know bankruptcy and all that other shit <laughs> but um that's what you get from rihanna you know i get that vibe that she's you know she's just figuring it out as she goes and that's what she should be doing you know she's a young woman um from janet jackson it's, it's that um that whole uh like 97 janet jack it's like it's kind of like 97 Janet Jackson mixed with 86. So you get a little bit of the control. Like, this is me. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it my way, which is definitely a Rihanna thing. And then you get the Velvet Rope Janet, you know, like Sex Kitten and, you know, show a little titty here and there, you know, stuff like that. So, and then the Mary, I, I think her and Mary have so many similarities um, just in the way they live their lives. You know, Rihanna has that whole fuck it, I don't give a fuck attitude. When Mary debuted in the 90s, it was very much, well, this is this is who I am. This is what it is. Fuck you. Like, I don't give a shit. You know, I'm going to write my own rules and, you know, do my own thing. So I get that from Rihanna. So the album is actually good. I would say that 
it won't be my last time listening. There are a couple songs, like the songs I mentioned earlier. I'm actually going to buy those on iTunes because I can see myself listening to those. So I hope I was able to answer all of the questions that you guys have. And I almost forgot. So earlier when I was talking about the Rick James song and I was talking about the song he did for LaBelle called Spacey Love, um, the harpist on that song, there's a harp intro on that song. Um, a black woman, one of the first black jazz harpists, her name is Dorothy Ashby. Look her up, definitely. Um, she was. She's like one of the people who is like, she's black girl magic before black girls knew that they had magic. She's one of the people responsible for making the harp one of the main instruments in jazz music, as opposed to something just in the background and used as an accent. But she does a harp intro in that song, and she has a couple albums that are really nice. One's called Afro Harp, and I believe, and um, she has a, a, quite a few albums. Um, self-taught musician, um, and she plays more than just the harp, actually. She plays a couple instruments. Uh, one of my favorite songs that she has is called Come Live With Me. Look that up. Uh, Angie Stone actually sampled it in the early 2000s or mid-2000s on a song called Come Home, Live With Me. Uh, great song. So, uh, you know, look Dor- Dorothy Ashby up. So I-, I want y'all to look up those Rick James songs. Look up Dorothy Ashby. Look up uh, Who the Waters Are. Um, Julia Waters, Maxine Waters, Oren, O-R-E-N Waters. Um, Mary Jane Girls, of course, look up Val Young. And, um, yeah, Rick James forever. <laughs> Beyonce is still trash. Eric, no, he wrong. He gonna get the beehive in my mentions. But LOL at that Beyonce is trash. Oh, my God. But first of all, he's like a musical historian. I don't know how he knows all these facts. It is quite amazing. And who knew that Rick James even did a song for Mariah Carey for the Glitter album? I, for one, also can say I've never listened to the Glitter soundtrack because that was during Mariah's load period. And uh, now I'm going to have to check that out. And also, shout out for Eric for doing them little singing tips. I heard that. Ooh, see, I can't do it, but Eric did it. Well, and I told him, I told him he was going to like Rihanna's anti, like it is just a really solid album and he validates because some people shit on Hire and Hire was literally still to this day one of my favorite songs off of that album because if you don't feel that shit while you're listening to it, I, I don't know what to tell you, but like I literally wanted to get my glass of whiskey and hit them notes like Rihanna did, so kudos and i'm so happy that we finally the navy got eric to listen to rihanna's album and he still hasn't listened to lemonade and he should keep it that way so thank you again for sending in all of your questions i hope this answered so many things for you guys and as always as you're listening to an episode feel free to send in questions to the boonie breakdown at gmail.com and use the contact form on the boonie i will be sure to answer everything this time and it won't be such a delay in the responses also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Boonie Breakdown. You can follow us on t- Twitter, just Boonie Breakdown. Uh, leave those reviews and ratings in Apple Podcasts and in iTunes. And um, I think that's it. So until next time. 
Oh, 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 oh,